Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Miranda. Oh, hey, Taylor. What tiny puppy loves bubble baths? I don't know, Taylor. What tiny puppy loves bubble baths? A shampoodle. <laughs> <laughs> Bork, bork, hello. Bork, bork, hello. How are y'all doing? I always do that and I always wait for people to answer and it never happens. Wait, if you wait long enough, it will happen. Bork, bork, hello. Oh. Did you hear it? Wow. Hello. <laughs> it was very faint and far away. <laughs> That's good. That's what I would expect though from someone bork, listening bork. far away. Bork, bork, hello. Oof. Oof. I'm Taylor and I am back with our guest co-host today, Miranda. I'm still here, guys. Sorry. Don't be sorry. You're doing okay. great. Thank you. Plus, your enthusiasm for dogs is matched only by, I think, Mel. <laughs> so you're, you're pretty much on par. Yes. Nailing it. I'm, I am pretty enthusiastic about dogs. It's not that yeah, I, you are. It's not that I don't like other animals. Just that dogs are superior in every way, or yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Just exactly that. Somebody showed me a picture of a baby the other day at work. Yeah. Like, he's, oh look, here's my you know, my new grandson just born. I was like, that looks like a beetroot. <laughs> like, no feelings Rough. at all. I did that to you once. I showed you our friend's baby. I was like, look, I went to visit the baby, and you were like, mm-hmm. oh, it's not a puppy. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, but okay. about, about two hours later, a guy comes in and goes, so my daughter just got a new dog. And I was like, oh, my God. Show me. That's the cutest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and then we were swapping dog pictures for, like, ages. Anyway. Love it. <clears throat> dogs, better than babies. I said it. The and end. I mean it. You know what's better than all of that? Dog babies. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Puppies. <laughs> Little puppers. Have you got a story for us today? I do have a story. It's not about a puppy. It oh, okay. is about like a full-size regular dog. That's okay. I'll allow it. But also better than a regular dog, although all dogs are great. Okay, I feel like I've dug you a can't, hole. You can't <laughs> ca- categorize dogs. You can't rate You dogs. can't dogarize all- dogs. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Okay, so I want to tell you all about a dog with a job because that Yay! is my favorite. Doggers with the jobs. Yeah, dogs with jobs. Um, introducing Bailey Haggerty, assistant Ooh, director of names. Seagulls. Two, two names. names. Double name. Wait, did you say assistant director? Assistant director of Seagulls. <laughs> I think Good. one day he may be promoted to director, full director. of Seagulls. But Vice you know, president that's, in that's, charge of Seagulls. It's a pay bracket that. I think they're just not willing to They're not to ready for it, no. yeah. No, that's okay. You've got to negotiate your way up there. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does have to work for a boss who, you know. Is the of, director of Seagulls? I guess so. I don't know who that is. It's not important to the story. So he works at the Australian National Maritime Museum. Oh. And it is his job to clear the pier 
of seagulls. Wait, where is the Australian National Maritime Museum? In Sydney. That makes sense. On Sydney Harbour. That makes sense. He has his office has the best view. Yeah, I was like, that's in pretty Sydney. important. Rent so, is terrible like, there, though. Famous people pay millions of dollars for that view. He gets it every day. He gets it every day. Every day. At work. He that's takes his office. A, he takes a ferry to work. Wait, are dogs allowed on the ferry? He is. Because he, wears, he has a job. He wears a life vest. He's got a special ah. little vest. Well, I guess in an emergency, you don't really want to stop to put a life vest on a dog, hey? That's like more time. legs than you're ready to deal with. So Bailey is a border collie. Mm-hmm. Um, he is beautiful and happy and amazing. Um, check out the pictures of Bailey, <clears throat> particularly Bailey wearing his vest. So... He works at the museum. Uh, he started at the museum in 2016 uh, <laughs> and he is the first canine employee of the museum. Yeah. Yes. Congratulations. Well done. Uh, he's accepting. there because of seagulls. So when seagulls are not stealing tourists' chips, they spend much of their time making a mess of the wharves and the vessels. And seagull poop he has learned, is bad news for boats. It stains the paintwork and the varnish. It's a health hazard and it's just generally unpleasant for our visitors. Can I say that this blog is written by Bailey? I know. I've just clicked on the link you sent me. Oh my, he's so alert. Like He just it's looks like, like he's there, ready I'm to Bailey. get all of the seagulls at any second. Yeah. So this first entering of his blog, he had been there for just four weeks and he's talking about why he's there. Um, so basically it's his job to scare off the seagulls so that they don't have to spend more time uh, washing the the mess the gulls make off yeah, the, the wharves and takes forever. Yeah, but it's also they have like historical boats and things at the Maritime Museum that are in the dry docks and in the water, mm-hmm. but on like on the wharf where the museum mm-hmm, is, mm-hmm. and they really have to spend a lot of time and effort keeping them like clean. And seagull poop has that stuff in it that, like, actually strips paint. Yeah, it's an actual it's like serious toxic. problem. Yeah. yeah, it's toxic. It's so, like acidic or something. It's got, like, yeah. the right amount of something yeah, that makes it. Well, the yeah. wrong amount if you ask me. Anyway. Yeah. Mm. They tried a lot of things like um, ultrasonic devices, um, statues of of eagles and things. Oh, you know yeah. how you see people with those on their verandas? Yeah, we have those. We yeah. have owls by <clears throat> our pool. They tried a humming line. I'm not sure what that is. Oh, even what? sprinklers activated by motion sensor, sensors or even just hosing them with a hose. Like someone's nah, job to stand there and hose the seagulls hey. away. No, nah, they're like, um, no. excuse me, I fly overboard every day. A little bit of hose ain't going to hurt me. <laughs> hose, it's not going to hurt me. Um, so they came up with a cunning plan um, after hearing that other places, other maritime museums had had success with dogs doing this job. So he just. I mean, it makes sense, doesn't he it? He hangs out. Scares the birds away. And he probably doesn't need to actually be, like, vicious or scary to do that. Just being there is enough for the gulls to stay away. Great job. Great job. Like, what does he get paid in? Um, I don't know. Love. Anyway, he has a staff ID. Um, he's He wears a bright yellow life vest. Yes, I did see that. It's so snazzy. Um, uh, and he works mostly on the waterfront. And he does work with a handler. So I guess the handler is the director of Steagall. Right. Which makes him the assistant director. But his job his job is particularly important at night when the gulls roost on the wharves oh. and there's no humans around to spook them. Yeah, yeah. So 
He works That's night a shift. Long shift. Yeah. When is he working? It's night shift. Um. <clears throat> so he has a cozy bed and a kennel. Um, on the terrace and in the control room, wherever the control room is. Um, and he gets to go have like play dates and stay over with the staff regularly. So he technically lives at the museum, but he goes home oh, with his friends yeah, yeah. and has sleepovers and fun stuff. And he takes the ferry around the harbour. He's He goes around on boats. That is so cute. He helps out wherever he can. And um, after he'd been there about a year... Uh, he started participating in a meet and greet program called Kids on Deck. So he now has responsibilities. With small children. With small children. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Honestly, he's doing more than I can handle. He's so busy. So if you, lo- if you look up the whole the blog and the way it's written is really cute. So you can look it all up. The links will be in the show notes. Um, he's also curated an exhibition at Good the job. museum called Wait, how? Dogs and Cats All at Sea. There is a picture here of him sitting at a very fancy desk with a lot of pictures around and he's like shuffling them. He's wearing his ID tag. He is like a serious museum dog. He's getting it done. He's getting it done. Anyway, uh, he's been on TV. He's just amazing. He His life is going better than mine, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so he's been working at the museum for, what, like three years now? Almost. Yeah, two and a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, So if you're interested in keeping up with Bailey, you can also, like, subscribe to his RSS feed. (laughs) That's so cute. Check him out on the Australian National Maritime Museum website. Enjoy. Aw. Thank you. What kind of – what breed is he? He's a Border Collie. I thought so, but I didn't want to say if I was wrong. Border Collies are sheepdogs. Yeah. That kind of works, doesn't it? Well – He's herding the seagulls into the sky. I guess seagulls are white and sheep are white, sort of. That'll do. So they're very similar. Yep. I'll take it. <laughs> we used to have a border collie. They're very intelligent dogs. Very like friendly too, aren't they? Extremely trainable. Extremely trainable. Extreme training. Yes. So they yep. can like really sit. Yes. <laughs> just like really good at it. Yeah. Yeah. Smart dogs. Spaley, the assistant director of Seagulls. Enjoy. Love that. That's my story. So beautiful. Doggo with Jabba. Yeah. Aw. Okay, I have a doggo. Yeah? I have a breed. He's Can- also a working dog. A working dog breed. Yeah. Do you want to guess? like a special working dog episode. Yeah. Brought to you by Working Dog. Please feel free to sponsor us. They're a production What's company. A- oh, hello. An Australian production company. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, my gosh. Get on board, bad. Taylor. Yeah, no. Cool. Anyway, what is your breed? It is the boxer dog. A boxer? Yeah. Have you seen the boxers? <laughs> Wait, when you say a working dog, do you mean like in the entertainment industry? I don't know. The website I'm on says dog group, working dog. I assume that just means that instead Are they boxers? Of- like do they box? Is that their job? No. Oh. I'm going to go with a hard But they no look so one. cute with those little gloves on. <laughs> they would and they've got the kind of faces that look like you know like how people look with mouth guards in that's like kind of how they look <laughs> like their jaw is sort of stretched out <laughs> oh totally True. makes sense um so boxes i first heard about boxes um when nintendogs came out do you remember that game on like oh my gosh do you remember nintendogs um i never got to play it but i remember oh, it it was i remember a great it being a time. thing you got to like train them and teach them agility and like feed them and then if you like 
didn't play the game for too long, they would run away. Oh, yeah, so you had to like the worst. that was your like proper incentive to like take care of your dog. Anyway, that's the first time I heard of a boxer breed because they had boxes on um, Nintendogs. Wow, I hadn't heard of them before that because my family notoriously gets really small dogs. Well, they're not big dogs, right? But they're um, ch- like stocky. They're really stocky. Yeah. They come from the mastiff. Mm. breeds they come from two mastiff type dogs used as hunting dogs i don't they're german i haven't come across casually come across many boxes no i don't know that they're particularly common in australia maybe yeah i i just did a search for boxes Mm. and i got a lot of pictures of boxes and one picture of a dog boxer dog Mm. boxer dog (laughs) when googling try boxer dog or have your google safe search turned on (laughs) <laughs> Be careful. The um, Maya catalogue of boxes. Okay. Oh, lovely. Mm. Um, so these dogs were used to hunt boar, bear, and deer. Whew, say that three times. Boar. Boar, bear, and deer. Bears. Bears. Who hunts bears? Well, like Germans in the 19th century, apparently. Whoa. Mm, I just feel like some bears. I feel like just really tonight. bold people. <laughs> some bears. I hope they're small bears or really big boxes. <laughs> Now I'm just imagining a bear wearing boxes. <laughs> well, a bear would need big boxes. True. Unless it was a baby bear. <laughs> this has gone somewhere interesting. Yeah. Uh, anyway, these breeds like were crossed with the bulldog um, and the boxer was created. So the mastiff breed. A mastiff. With, yeah. So bulldog. the mastiffs that used to hunt in Germany and then they were the ancestors of the boxer were also used for bull baiting when that became a sport, oh. which is not very nice, but no. that was a long time ago. So we'll move on. We'll move um, on. And yeah, cross with the bulldog, then you had the boxer. So the breed is really popular in Europe since, okay, it says since early this century. Meaning last century. I don't know. I don't, I mean, I'm on this the Purina website. That was, that was very... So early this century is now. <laughs> However, the first boxer to be registered with the Kennel Club in Britain was 1933. Yes. So they're actually kind of a more modern breed, really. Not as ancient mm-hmm. as some of our breeds. Not as old as, say, maybe the Chinese Crested, which I imagine would be <laughs> what does much it, yeah, older. Maybe. Well, maybe. The, the Asian ones tend to be a little bit older because Asia was just established a bit earlier. I feel like the a lot of the toy dogs are not as old breed. Yeah, that's because they come f- because people breed them into little things. Yeah, yeah. They they're younger, whereas a lot of the like Asian ones that are quite purebred, mm. or a lot of the old like hunting or shepherding dogs that were just genuinely used for that kind of thing that have s- stayed. Yeah, are the older breeds, whereas they the would mixes are the new dogs. breeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Anyway, anyway, so boxer is a, it says a medium sized dog, but very muscular, very muscular, sturdy and deep chested. They got that like hoo, thing going on. Yeah, I feel like everyone will know what I mean when I'm like hoo, because that's what they look like. <laughs> um, they have a short muzzle and a slightly upturned chin. It says a square muzzle. Oh, they're underbite dogs. A little bit can be, yeah. I think underbite dogs are really cute when you first look at them and then if you keep looking at them, it becomes weird. No, I'm the opposite. When when I see an underbite dog, I'm like, oh, it's got an underbite. And then when the more I get to know it, I'm like, you're so beautiful. <laughs> don't change a thing. Don't get braces. You don't, don't need get braces. them. 
You don't need orthodontics. Oh, dear. Um, anyway. The head and muzzle have wrinkly skin, which gives mm. it the boxer its unique appearance. But, I mean, there's it's, also pugs, so who knows? Yeah, but it's not as squishy as a pug. No, it's not. It's because not it, it fills itself out with the muscle, whereas pugs don't have nearly as much muscle. <laughs> so they're just kind of like... <laughs> The pug looks like it was meant to have muscle and then nobody bothered training them, so it just kind of... <laughs> it just turned into a book. A mush, yeah. <laughs> We're not here to make fun of pugs. I love pugs. Sorry, pugs. Sorry, pugs. Mm. The gait makes it look very noble and the movement shows great energy in the powerful-looking legs. The boxer they look is like, built... They look like they could run pretty fast yeah. even though they're, like, Well, I mean, chunky. if you're going to hunt bears... Yeah, you'd want to... Probs want to go fast. <laughs> the boxer is built to... Co- okay, I'm very confused because it literally says the boxer is a medium-sized dog and then lower down where it says size, it's got large. Well, it's large for a medium dog. True. True. In the medium category, it's large. They're kind of like that... <laughs> is that a thing? <laughs> is that a thing? <laughs> They're kind of like that tan colour. It says the colour ranges from red to fawn. Ooh. I don't know what fawn is. I assume it's kind of like a light deer brown or something yeah mm, yeah brindle that's brindle. The, um where they look like they've got like little black lines and stuff in it oh yeah almost like a tiger <laughs> tiger print dog <laughs> yep <laughs> sometimes they, they often have um like little white patches on their on their chest and their feet and stuff don't they yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. they can do um in, in terms of ailments, it says, although the boxer seems susceptible to many health problems, research shows that the boxer is, in general, a healthy and sturdy dog. When purchasing a boxer, discuss any concerns with the breeder and research the breeding lines. So just okay. very ambiguous, just like nothing specific. Um, chum, chum, chum. Oh, no. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. You I'm fa- sorry. You're gonna, you, I'm sorry. You're just well, no, I just, I have a thing about breeds that traditionally have um, docked tails. Mm. I just I feel it's so awful. Yeah. It's such an awful thing to do. We haven't talked about that much, actually. Maybe we'll have to talk about that one day. So traditionally, is... the, the boxer can have a, a cropped or docked yeah, tail. Yeah, they have the little, like, mm. one. There are some breeds, though, that just have really tiny tails. Oh, yeah. Like, that aren't full yeah, tails. Like the Australian Shepherd, there's a whole bunch of them that just have tiny tails. little That they look like tails, they've been docked, but they but haven't. Not. Yeah, they're just yeah. little grown tails. Um, they're very lively, strong, and loyal. Temperament-wise, they're fearless and very self-assured. That just makes me want to go find a scared boxer. Though. Yeah. Oh, it's like, <laughs> I'm fine. Don't ask again. <laughs> they make great pets for family, adults, children. Uh, the boxer is a hardy dog, full of stamina, not quick to pick a fight, but more than able to defend themselves if they have to. So they're not what would be termed an aggressive breed, incorrectly, by like um, – for like pit bulls or um, Rottweilers and stuff. But they but come they from a similar breeding stock. Yeah, they do. Like, yeah, they yeah. do. Yeah. So um, they're an intelligent breed. They need to be dominated when being trained. They are quick to learn good habits as well as not so good ones. So you have to get right on top of them with their training. That's also very usual for that that kind of like breed. A, any working dog breed, yeah. really. you got to train them correct the first time They've around. got potential. Get it right. Yeah. <laughs> High it's going to go really wrong. Really good for kids. Uh, medium tendency to bark. They do require plenty of exercise, so they love to go charging around open spaces, chase balls, frisbees, all that kind of thing. So yeah. good exercising dog. Don't get them if you like a good like chill weekend. You want to go out with this dog. 
high guard dog ability, high ease of transportation, medium level of aggression, and then high other animal compatibility. And they're yeah. actually it's uh, animal compatibility. Easy for- that's I'm so like pleasantly surprised by that. Yeah. I get that though, because I feel like I've seen pictures of boxes with like cats and stuff. Yeah. I think they're actually pretty cool with other animals in general. Like, well, if they're good with kids, then genuinely. Generally good with other animals. Generally, they're good with other animals too. Um, But they, and they're little grooming as well because they have a short coat um, and it's kind of like a, you know, one of those little short little spiky spiky ones. Yeah, spiky coat. And you don't don't have to kind of like brush it out all the time. You just have to like keep them clean. They probably shed though, right? The shed No, little. No? No, it says amount of hair shed very little. Very little. Which is good pro- job. Which is really good if yeah. you have kind of a house you don't want to clean very. There's much. a picture here of the first official boxer. His name is Flocky. Show me Flocky, the first boxer. It's on the wiki page. Look at his little face. He oh, looks so. Look I will link that in the show notes. That is adorable. <laughs> he is just. It's almost French bulldoggy. His little face with his little ears there. It is a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, so there we are. That's a boxer. They're that very. The they I would like rate them as a good family dog. You know, if you have a good, like, active, like maybe a camping family. Yeah, as long you want to yeah. have something to occupy the kids, and you want to do that kind of thing, then like hmm. boxers would probably be a good one. But they're also not too messy or dirty or high maintenance. During World War One, the boxer was co-opted for military work. Jobs with dogs. I mean, jobs. Wow. With, <laughs> dogs mm. with jobs. Dogs with Messenger jobs. Messenger dogs and pack carriers and guard dogs. But it wasn't until after the Second World War that it became really popular. There you go. Yeah, it was a little bit later on. I think 1933 Cute. is our house name. They do look they're like so they're wearing adorable. a little black muzzle too. Yeah, they do. They look like <laughs> they almost like a little superhero mask or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. I'm a super dog. I'm a boxer. <laughs> so cute. So cute. Thanks for sharing the boxer with us, Taylor. You are most welcome. Do you have a tip and or trick for us today? I had better. Let's have a look at some science. Are you ready for science? Oh, science. Yeah, I'm going to talk about science. What you got? Mm. So I have a question for you. Mm. Why does a dog wag its tail? Um, it's not a trick question, Taylor. Oh, Just answer it. Because it's happy. That's what we thought, but it's <gasps> not dun, dun, necessarily dun. true. Oh, no. Science. I love, just love science and dogs, so this is, like, great for me. Um, I'm not very scientific by nature. This will be an interesting read. Science <laughs> is always providing new information that allows us to interpret the behaviour of dogs. So I found this while I was looking into reading dog body language, which is a very interesting yeah. uh, read. It is. We've, I think we've done a little it bit does, of We've that. talked a little bit about it on, on the, the podcast. podcast. Yeah. I remember. I remember because I listen. Just yeah, I'm a fan. Um, <laughs> but also we're working through a lot of things with our new puppy. And, yeah, yeah. And she's not well socialised, so she has trouble reading the body language of our other dog. We've got to help her ah, sort of interpret it a little bit. Okay, so yeah. even dog-to-dog body try, language Trying to get reading. dog-to-dog body language reading. I see. Yeah, very interesting yeah, to yeah. try and figure out. So one of the things that I came across was um, a little tidbit about just because your dog's wagging its tail doesn't necessarily mean it's happy. This is something that is commonly misinterpreted. It's a myth. 
that a dog wagging its tail is happy and friendly. There you go. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I have seen dogs wag their tails when they're like nervous or anxious. Yeah. Or like, yeah. so they do like a little bit of like a. And the other thing but, that our other dog, Tui, is doing at the moment is mm. sometimes when Zambi is annoying her, she'll start growling at her and wagging her tail. Ah. So she's growling and wagging her tail. So like, what does that mean? This is so I'm confusing. I'm really happy that I'm angry at you. <laughs> anyway, while some wags are indeed associated with happiness, others can mean fear, insecurity, a social challenge, or even a warning that if you approach, you are apt to be bitten. You are apt to be bitten. Apt. Oh. You're likely to. Yeah, no. You I'm are with prepared you, to be <laughs> bitten. Bizarre. Um, so in some ways, that's not good. No, so it's now, not good. So now every time my dog wags his tail, I need to worry that I'm going to be bitten. Gonna, or... <laughs> well, I'm just saying tail wagging can really seriously mean the entire spectrum of things. Well, that's kind of like humans just, though. Like humans making any kind of like, like when, facial expression could mean anything. I like to think of it like smiling. Yeah, okay? that's what I was thinking. So genuine... Happy smiles, you can tell apart from mm-hmm. nervous smiles or I'm going to kill you in a second smile, <laughs> right? You would hope so, yes. So dogs' tails do the same thing. Yeah, they go. That does yeah, make sense, do. I suppose. Yeah, it kind of does. I think it makes it difficult for other dogs, but let's see what science has to say. So um, tail wagging serves the same communication function. Oh, it serves the same communication functions as a human smile. Stop it. We are science. I already know science, guys. We I don't even need to read science. <laughs> Come to us now. We're going to cure cancer on the next episode. <laughs> don't make promises we can't keep. <laughs> We're going to talk about curing cancer. Okay. So, but also the same functions as a polite greeting or a nod of recognition. Smiles are social signals and are thus reserved mostly for situations where somebody is around to see them. For dogs, the tail wag has the same properties. So it's unusual for a dog to just wag its tail when it's sitting around by itself. But how do we know? (laughs) I don't know. If a tree falls in the forest, (laughs) if a dog wags its tail tail. and no one's there to see it, does the dog even exist? (laughs) Whoa. Now we're in philosophy is like too far. Since tail wagging is meant as a signal that a dog will only wag its tail when other living beings are around. Wait, that sentence is long and confusing. Um, A person, another dog, a cat, a horse, or perhaps even a ball of lint blown by a breeze and seemingly alive. (laughs) Those are all the things that a dog might wag its tail at. A ball of lint? Is that what we're up to? A ball of lint. I guess science has gone weird now. I get excited about a ball of lint sometimes. (laughs) But when it's alone, it will typically not wag its tail. Um, In the same way that people do not talk to walls. (laughs) Okay, this is a great article. Psychology Today, if anyone would like to follow along. some people talk to walls. (laughs) I know. Maybe some dogs wag their tail when no one's around. (laughs) Probably toy poodles. I mean, I feel like I pick on the poodle a lot. You do, because my first dog was a poodle and I'm like, don't hate on the poodle. My aunt had um, a standard and a toy and the toy was just – an insane little thing and the standard was just this like mopey sort of oh yeah dog anyway great great story great story Miranda like any other language tail wags have a vocabulary I thought you were mm. going to say tailor wags and I was like what, <laughs> what up to now scientists have focused on two major sources of information the tail's pattern of movement and its position so they might be holding it down and wagging it which might be a nervous sort of thing or holding it upright Nice and high and wagging it fast, Ah. which is more likely to mean it's happy. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, however, new data adds a third important dimension to the understanding of the movement of the tail. Movement is a very important aspect of the signal. <clears throat> Dogs' eyes are much more sensitive to movement than they are to details or colours, so a moving table tail is very visible to other dogs, whereas their other signals wouldn't be as visible. Yep, yep. Um, so the tail's position, specifically the height at which it's held, can uh, be considered as an emotional meter. So it says whether they're alert and attentive or relaxed. The height of the tail? The height of the tail where they're ah, holding it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as it moves further up. The happier? It can, well, to a certain point. Or the more like, like sort of energetic. Out, more energetic. And then if it gets really high, it becomes a warning. That's fair. A that makes sense. vertical tail is a dominant signal. I feel like cats do that too, right? All the time. Like cats, their dominant tail goes tails. like <laughs> hectically vertical and like <laughs> – my roommate has a cat and her tail like puffs up like nobody's <laughs> business and goes straight up vertical when she's like scared or like. Well, dogs do that on. too when they raise their hackles. Um, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. They're like trying to make themselves look bigger. As the tail position drops lower, it's a sign that they're becoming more submissive, but it may also mean they're worried or feel poorly. Aww. Mm. And if it's tucked under their body, that is a clear sign of fear. Mm. Well, that's like when you like punish them, right? Yeah. If you punish them or yell at them, yeah. then they kind of put their tail between their legs and yeah. they're like, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's the worst. Especially yeah, if you it is have, the worst. You feel so bad. Especially if you have one of those dogs whose tail naturally curls up over the top of their body, which is the case for a lot of terriers and toy um, breeds, then if they're making the effort to pull their tail down <laughs> and under their body, that's that's real. That means like that is real. I am real sorry. Yeah. Um, so different heights can, can make a difference, but you have to look at that in context of where your dog's tail normally sits, obviously. Um, and then the movement. So a slight wag, an easy swing might mean hello, or I'm here. Hello. A broad wag is friendly. I'm not challenged. I'm just pleased. I'm happy. Happy to see you. Um, a slow wag with the tail at half mast. Wow. <laughs> is less social when your dog is a boat when your dog is a boat then they're less social got it um and if it's very high it can be um a sign of dominance and uh, yep. that slow wag is more threatening than the faster happy oh, wag right that makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. Tiny high-speed movements that give the impression the tail is vibrating are signs that the dog is about to do something usually run or fight so that's the first sign of the Terrifying. fight or flight instinct yeah, okay. It's just like, <laughs> so there you go. Um, there's a lot more uh, information about other types of wagging and what everything means and, uh, and more explanations about how it all gets processed in their brain and stuff like that. But I won't go into all of that because that is like serious science. Hectic science. And we're not about that. We're just about the dog part. So my, I suppose – Tip is mm. look at the wag. I like actually. I'm gonna go home and have a look like, at Zola and interpret be like, what are you the doing, wag. Zola? It's not necessarily just like, oh yeah, it's wagging its tail. It's happy, and it's really important for people who don't have their own dogs or spend a lot of time around dogs. Yeah, when you see a dog, like we were talking about walking etiquette. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last week we were talking about walking etiquette. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're walking up to a dog and it's wagging its tail, just 
just, just check out, out all the other things about the situation. That's a really good point. Don't just I assume. Like often it's people be fine. can read their own dog in it's for different to reasons, read other dogs. but it is harder yeah. to read other dogs. That's yeah. true. Yeah. And another good reason why you should always ask before you pat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you go. Wagon isn't necessarily nice. happy. It can mean That's lots good to of know. things. That's really interesting. Very cool. The whole doggy body language business. Very interesting. It is really fascinating because we don't. I don't think we think of animals in that way. Uh, I mean, probably not, some people do, but not, not generally. as complex as it as actually is. Yeah, like we think things like, "Oh, it's wagging its tail, then it's happy," but that's the extent. Yeah, but that's that's only one side of it. Yeah, there's so much more. And when you think about the fact that they don't have language. They've got to rely entirely. Oh, our language. Well, they don't have language in the same way as us. They make oh, sound, hello. but it's not. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds pretty clear to me. They don't have a vocabulary yeah. in the same way that you know a language does. So they have a vocabulary of body language yes. signals. That's so cool. That's how they communicate. Come on, the cat. Do you know how else you can communicate? On the social media? On the socials. Let's do it. So on Facebook, we are Floof and Papa and is an ampersand. Floof, ampersand, Papa. Don't spell out ampersand. Just use an ampersand. That would be funny, though. I wonder if you could still find us. We'll have to look. You can find us on Instagram. We are Floof and Papa Podcast. Yes. And on Twitter, we are just Floof and Papa. That's it. Yep. Floof and Papa. Pretty sure. I probably should have checked after Black last drop. week, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Uh, thanks to the Arsenal Canon Productions for hosting us once again. And uh, thanks to you, Miranda, for uh, being a guest host again. I was here. You were. I told you about Bailey. You did good. Yay. That was so cute. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, of course. Bork, bork, goodbye. Bork, bork, goodbye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.